7 and go to verse 13. And as the name says, Revelation, I just pray that it will be a revelation to us. I just think that each day if God reveals a little bit of his word to us, it helps us to grow and it's, it helps us to be his children. Verse 7. To the angel of the church in Philadelphia, I write, These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I have placed you before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and not denied my name. I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who claim to be Jews, though they are not, but are liars, I will make them come and fall down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. Since you have kept my commandments to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the earth. Sorry, on the <coughs> from the hour of trial that is going to come on the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. I will come soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. The one who is victorious... I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will they leave it. I will write on them the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which is coming out of heaven from my God. And I will also write on them my new name. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Lord bless his reading. Well, we do come to uh, continue our series, and yes, a, a happy Mother's Day to, uh, to all the mothers today who are with us and grandmothers. It is a special day in many ways. Uh, I do appreciate Peter's words, though, in, in that it can be a, a difficult day for some. Uh, but today, we, we're continuing our series in Revelation. Uh, today, we're looking at the sixth letter, uh, the letter to the Church of Philadelphia. And the title today is Jesus Opening Doors for Us. And of course, uh, I think we can relate to an open door that we experience when we come to Jesus of, of God with us, God's Spirit dwelling with us, uh, the idea of a, an open door to ministry, but that even greater door, that, that open door, the promise that we have, that we have a future that is with our God in heaven, a glorious future. So Jesus opening doors. And so for us in God's kingdom... Uh, for us, that we know that God is with us, that blessing, I guess I wanted to start with a question today. Is faith easy? Is it uh, an easy journey that we're on? Is it, uh, is it sort of a, an easy path following Jesus? What do you think? Is it easy? No? Mixed? Sometimes it's not too bad. Other times it's a bit of a struggle. Mixed? And why? Why is it, why is it not so easy? Yeah, so there's an inward battle. Sometimes we want to, to do some stuff that brings a bit of pleasure, but God's way might be a bit different. Mm. Yep. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that inward battle that you guys have both shared. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. Anything else? As to why faith might not be the easiest journey? Yep. Mm. Yep. Yep. So I had a few more. There can be persecution. Many people around the world, even in Australia, are experiencing persecution for their faith. Sometimes we have doubts. We doubt uh, about matters of faith. We doubt God and, and we try to trust ourselves rather than God. Uh, and sometimes it is hard, that call from Jesus, to give up everything. It's not like we're called to give up a bit of our lives here and there. It's a, a call in following Jesus is, is everything, every single ounce that we are. It's an incredible ask. And so sometimes the faith journey, it might look like a pretty hard climb ahead. When we think about Jesus, He was the suffering servant, the journey that He went through Himself uh, in revealing God to us. Jesus shows us God in His his wonderful nature, but He was a servant and He went through a difficult journey. Uh, He showed love, but He suffered on that journey. And so following Jesus, there will be struggles. It's, It's part of the journey. Sometimes it might appear beyond us. Sometimes it's tiring. Sometimes it's challenging. The reality is is that it's hard to love people who don't love us. There might be an obstacle in the way. Following Jesus, there might be a very big obstacle in the way. It's hard to reach out with the good news of Jesus, it seems, that no one wants to listen. God might have put something on our heart and we desperately want to do it, but how is this big obstacle going to get out of the way? How are we going to take that ministry into our workplace or into school or or into that public setting? We've heard a call from Jesus to go overseas. How are we going to relocate and give it all up? It seems like there are huge obstacles. What about for those in this world that have anti-Christian laws before us? Obstacles are a reality, but we know that Jesus is greater, that He can move obstacles, because on this journey, we are not alone. God is with us. Jesus has promised His Spirit. We have that, and it is always worthwhile to follow God's way, because we know the way of Jesus, we know it is God's way. We keep trusting, we keep following, because we know that this is indeed God's way. And if it's God's way, then we want to be in on it. And of course, there is the promise of things to come. Not only is God with us now, but there is the promise for things to come. Who is looking forward to what is to come? Put your hand up. Absolutely. We are looking forward to what is to come. It is going to be glorious. And the reminder for the Church of Philadelphia is that they have a wonderful future. And it is all based on an open door, a door that Jesus Christ has opened that cannot be shut. 
the door that Jesus has opened for us to access our Father in heaven, the promise of going to be with our Father. There is an open door. We used to be living in darkness. Jesus came. It is finished. Jesus has done it all, and now there is an open door to our Heavenly Father. That is good news and a good promise for us, something that we look forward to. That open door to be in God's glorious presence is going to be so good in the future when we are with God, but we're before Him face to face. And this letter, it is full of assurance, full of promises of what is to come for those that remain in Jesus. And remember this whole book of Revelation, it's a revelation about Jesus, about things that will come, but the focus is on Jesus Christ himself. And Jesus in this letter makes some remarkable claims that show his greatness. Jesus at the start, he declares that he's the Holy One. He is perfect in what he does and and what he says. He's full of truth, the true one, the one that has God's truth on his lips all the time. Jesus holds the keys of David. Here he is a picture of God's King, God's Messiah, his anointed one amongst us. And Jesus is the one that can open and close doors because he reigns, he is sovereign. He has God's authority. Jesus is like no other. He is the risen one. He is God, the Son in human flesh that dwelt amongst us. And as the risen one in heaven, now he is greater than all. And so we move on to the promise that is given to the church. Those words of encouragement. I know your deeds. See, I place before you an open door that no one can shut. Jesus affirming the church in Philadelphia, that they had an open door to God, an open door to the promises of God and what was to come. Because I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Were they weary? Were they weak? Were they struggling? Something that we can relate to in the Christian journey. Yes, they were, without a doubt. But they kept the words of Jesus Christ. They valued the words of Him and they did not deny His name when they were put on the spot. Were they faithful to Jesus? Yes. And so what are they promised? An open door that cannot be closed, guaranteed, Entry into that wonderful promise that we, that they, everyone who remains in Jesus are going to heaven. Sometimes people say, well, this open door, it's really about ministry. I think firstly, this open door that can never be closed, it is talking not so much about Christian ministry, but it's talking about our access to God. But there is this idea in the Christian journey that God opens up doors for us. I think we can relate to that. I can relate to that. I was going my own way, doing my IT path, and then all of a sudden, God calls, heard his voice, and a door opened up for for Beck and I to go to Bible college. We stepped through that. It wasn't closed. It was an open door. And then there was this this interaction. I had a call of one of my mates. Oh, you should consider this church in Corowa. Maybe you could go down there. And so all of a sudden, we came and spoke to Corowa, and then that door opened up. We spoke to a couple of other churches, but that door didn't open. And yet the door opened here, 
God opens doors individually for us. And then there's the whole idea about open doors. Does God open up doors for our church into the community? Yes. Let's think, is there an open door for us to go and teach the Scriptures in our school at the moment? Yeah. Is there an open door for us to go and run public church services in the park? Yeah. Are there other open doors to do Christian public ministry at the moment in public places? Yes. It's not like that in many countries of the world. We are blessed. We have open doors here to do that ministry. But there, of course, is the reminder that we all, whatever circumstance, we have an open door to love people. Think about those under persecution. So many people who are put in prison and yet they witness and they show love, they pray with people in prison. Whatever circumstances, there is a door that is opened us for us to undertake ministry as we take Jesus seriously. And it all is based, of course, in the promises of Jesus. And so, speaking about persecution... This letter reminds the church in, in, in Philadelphia that they had persecution. There were Jews that were making a mockery of them. They are actually called the synagogue of Satan. But in verse 9, everything is going to reverse around. Jesus promises that it will change for the better. That yes, maybe they're persecuting now, but one day they will fall down before the believers, the church, and they will acknowledge that Jesus loves the church. It will change. When Jesus sets things right, the persecution will only last for so long. And these are wonderful words of assurance that whatever we face as followers of Jesus, it will get better, it will change. And then, verse 10. A key verse when we think about end times. This verse is very analyzed. It is one of the key verses when it comes to the book of Revelation and end time theology. Verse 10. Since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come on the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. Key questions that need to be asked. What is this hour of trial that's going to come? It seems to be a picture uh, of what people call a tribulation, a time when there will be a period of testing before Jesus returns. And what does it mean that to be kept from that that hour of trial, the idea of a rapture, of people being removed and taken completely, all the followers of Jesus being taken away so they don't experience it, or the other idea of being kept through it. So you can be kept through a struggle, that, that you, Jesus ensures that your faith will remain clear and strong through that. There, that's how the church interprets it, the, either of those two ways, that there will be a time of difficulty, but either the believers will be maintained through it, or that they'll be completely taken out of the picture by Jesus. Either way, the overall thrust are words of blessing and protection from Jesus Christ. That Jesus will be faithful to his followers, no matter what takes place, that he will be with us, he will keep us as we remain and belong to him. Because throughout this letter, it's just promise after promise after promise to his faithful followers those that are struggling and yet have a wonderful future. And that's good words for us as we want to take Jesus seriously and as we face struggles. We have that open door, as we've all said we're looking forward to, to go with our God in heaven. We will be kept from any time of, of, of testing on the earth. And in verse 11, it talks that Jesus will return. He is coming soon. 
And so I'm actually looking for a volunteer right now. Would someone like to be a bold volunteer? Uh, honey. I, oh, Todd. Okay. Honey. Okay. Very good. Well, would you like to sit down or stand up? Your choice. Stand. Okay. Wonderful. Now, a running race. What happens when someone runs a race? A cheer? Well, yeah, but what about the person? What happens to the person when they get the... Win the, win the race. Like I said, they won a marathon or something. Yep. And do they receive something? An award? Some sort of a, a, a trophy or, or a, some sort of a prize? What do you think would happen if we won the life of faith? If we made it all the way to heaven? Do you think that we'd receive a crown from our God? Some form of reward? Well, what do I have? A crown, like no other homemade. Beck made this up for me, and so here we go. Endure the race of faith, and we will receive a crown. It's a wonderful promise, isn't it? Revelation talks about this being a crown of life, of eternal life. It's not like so much about royalty. It's about enduring until the end and receiving that crown of eternal life. Wonderful promise. Thank you. <laughs> a wonderful promise. The crown of life. Called the victor's crown as well. To the one who is victorious, not only is there that crown, but I will make a pillar in the temple of my gods. Never again will they leave it. Here's a, a picture for us to reflect over about heaven. What does it look like? Well, in Philadelphia, there is a bit of a background here. They had a huge earthquake at 17 AD. It almost demolished their town, a bit like some of that have happened in New Zealand recently. A huge earthquake. It was, and there used to be aftershocks. And so people actually didn't always want to live in Philadelphia. They would go and live in the country a bit further away so they weren't in the center of this earthquake zone. But they had the imagery in the back of their head that there were certain pillars that stood strong, that remained. And so the imagery comes to pass now that those that endure, those that remain in Jesus, they will actually be a pillar in God's temple. A pillar before God in this place of worship. A picture of what is to come, of being planted, rooted, pillar, firmly placed before God, to worship Him and to appreciate Him and to know that God is ours. It's a beautiful picture of worship. It's a beautiful picture of what heaven can be like. For me, it's a picture of acceptance, a picture of, of acceptance by God, being a pillar before Him. It's a picture of us completely belonging to God. And a picture that we can have complete confidence in God forever. It's a picture of just being before God and His greatness. Enjoying His promises forever. A place of true love in heaven. That idea that we will be accepted and belonging to our God. It's a beautiful imagery. There forever. Nothing will take us away. We will be planted before God like a pillar. Ants. There will be a name for us, given to us, put on us, 
God's name will be given to us. God's city will be engraved on us. The name of Jesus, He's even going to have a new name in heaven and that will be engraved on us. The one who has saved us will be on us. And so we have a picture that our identity will be so much about God in heaven. God's name will be all over us. He'll belong to us and we will belong to Him. It's a picture of a perfect relationship. Our acceptance and belonging means that we are with our God. He is with us, perfectly with Him. That's a good picture, I think. For those of us who love Jesus, who love our God, we want to be in His presence. We want to be close with Him. And the picture is complete acceptance forever before God. This name engraved in us and on us. A wonderful promise of blessing to be in an intimate connection with God forever in heaven. So much more than anything this world can offer. And so we've seen many words of promises and blessings to God's people who endure and remain faithful. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. We are to hear and and we are to take this to heart, that we are to remain faithful. We are to endure whatever is put before us. We are to stick with God's words. We're to live it out and we're to hold on to those promises, the promises that we will realize in heaven. So what's coming up in this day, tomorrow? What's coming up in the week ahead? What's coming up in the month, the year? What is it really about for us? Because I want to encourage us to make it truly about Jesus. Because if our future is in Jesus, then our our living, the next period of time, should be about Jesus. Let's not make it about, it's pretty hard to read, I need more money, crossed out. I need more business, crossed out. I need more followers, even Facebook followers, crossed out. Uh, I need uh, to be happy in the world's perspective. I need to get lots of things done. I need to be perfect or the best in the world's perspective, all crossed out. What do we need? More of Jesus, more of Him. That's my heart's desire. I hope that's your heart's desire. Desiring more of Jesus gives us those promises for the future. So many things can distract us, and yet we get a hold of Jesus, we choose to live for His glory, and we get the promises forever. What an encouraging letter the church in Philadelphia received. They were taking God's word seriously, they were living out, and they were affirmed, even though they were going through difficulties. Wonderful words for us as we take God's word seriously. Are we there? Are we the church in Philadelphia? Well, I don't know. (laughs) Are we perfectly living out God's word? But there's always word for improvement. But we do value God's word here, that is for sure. We're trying to live it out. We care about Jesus greatly. We look forward to his return. We look forward to the future. May we choose to live for Jesus' glory each day. Let's pray. Our Lord God, we, we give you the praise and honor today. We thank you for the words of encouragement for your people, the words of encouragement for your faithful followers who say yes to you and who endure whatever is put before us. We thank you that you are with us on the journey. We thank you that you have opened a door to heaven, a door for us to be with our Father in heaven that no one can close. 
What a joy it is to know that there is nothing that can separate us from your love. Nothing that can stop us from entering into your presence in heaven. Help us to remain in you. Help us, Lord Jesus, to abide completely in you and to set our hearts on you. We thank you for the the glorious promises that await us. We look forward to that day when we will be a pillar in the temple of, of you, our God. We look forward to the, your name being all over us. And so we rejoice in you now and thank you for what you've already done in Jesus. We pray in his name. Amen.